0: Hi guys, welcome back to the next episode of the Untitled Gadget Podcast. We're now on our sixth episode and um, yeah, so it's kind of bleak out there, but we've got some exciting stuff to cover this week. Sony's announced some details about the PlayStation 5. Uh, We don't have a look at the console yet. We don't have the price yet, of course. But we got quite a bit uh, of an in-depth look at uh, what it's going to be all about. So uh, you've got your hosts, me, Dhruv, Harish and Akshay. But this time around, we've got an expert, uh, a guest with us. Uh, We've got Rishi Alwani from the Mako Reactor. He's been in the gaming industry for the longest time. And uh, you know what? I'll let him do the introductions.
1: Yeah, well, the term expert is debatable, but okay, we can go <laughs> with that. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so basically, I run my I run a site called the Mako Slash Mako Reactor. It's Supposed to be Mako, but Square Enix, whatever, had their own uh pronunciation of that term with the ff7 demo so we'll go to what Dhruv said the macro reactor uh yeah and uh, so we we look at japanese games and the indian market and before that i was at gadgets and i've freelanced for a bunch of other places in between uh so yeah uh ps5 that what do you guys think what
2: did you guys think of the reveal
0: i mean i just i'm waiting for the pre-order link.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited I mean, I I enjoyed the presentation, but then again, uh, not many people did if you look online because people were expecting... Yeah,
0: but I mean, I'm a technical guy, so I I love the I enjoyed, of
2: course, it was a little ambiguous in the beginning, but then, you know, things got better as of yesterday. Uh, Yeah, just like Dhruv, I am waiting to buy the console. First, I want to see what it looks like. I mean, I'm going to buy it regardless, but I still want to know what it looks like.
3: Hey, I'm glad... Yeah, and I'm glad Sony finally entered. I mean, announced something, right? After giving us nothing for months and months.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting... I mean, the way I see it, both Sony and Microsoft, they've gone about it in a very different fashion. Previous console reveals were, you know, you see the hardware, you get games, you get pricing. You get a lot more in a shorter time span. Here, it seems to be a lot of drip feeding. And I think it's basically because what we're going to see is they want to normalize... Or try to normalize the fact that uh, we're probably going to get consoles at a much higher starting price, and mm. that to me is a bit worrying. But uh, I mean, let's see how it goes.
0: Are you thinking 499 or even higher?
1: Well, considering the tech on display here, and I mean, uh, I'm I'm sure this is something even Akshay would know, because Akshay is I mean primarily on PC, if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: Uh, PS4 PC. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, so my point is, like, if you look at the tech that's there, it's basically equivalent to what? I mean, if we look at current hardware on PC, it's equivalent to a lakh, lakh and a half worth of yeah. hardware. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, look, manufacturers, console manufacturers are known to sell at a loss and make profits on the subscriptions, accessories, and games. But when you have a situation where the tech seems too good to be true, it means one of two things. One, they're not going to meet their targets of lovely 8K, 4K, 60fps, or whatever they announced. And uh, secondly, it also means that... Uh, Oh, you're gonna have the same situation like you had for the PS3, right? Work two jobs,
2: five ninety nine dollars, and all that. Nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was a debacle, man. That didn't go yeah. Sony's way, at least in the beginning. Yeah, uh, yeah. I
1: mean, like uh, it was. I don't know. I mean, to me, it just seems that they're prepping us to have our wallets ready because uh, I don't think this is gonna be a four ninety nine con. I don't think either. I mean. The way the, way the uh-huh. specs have been presented to us, it doesn't seem like we're going to get consoles at 399 $499. we are probably looking at something higher.
0: So, you know I- what, uh, mm-hmm. Rishi, before we get mm-hmm. into the technical bits of the console, you raise a very mm-hmm. good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not be a $499 console, maybe 599 maybe mm-hmm. even 699 But mm-hmm. is that really such a bad thing? We're conditioned to $1,000 phones that we're expected to upgrade every year. A console lasts, what, six years, seven years? Uh, is six ninety-nine for top-of-the-line specs really that bad a deal?
1: I mean, that's a good question, Drew, and I know where you're coming from on this because we do see this a lot with Android and iOS devices, and and yeah, it, it is a thing there. But uh, what worries me here is uh, if you look at the buying mentality, particularly in other markets, right? You look at in, the Indian buying mentality. Um, we're not we're not the sort that likes spending on entertainment i mean we don't we don't believe in spending mm. on entertainment and content and there's a reason why that's the reason why we're stuck with barely half a million ps4s after like the launch in india is 2014 january we're already in 2020 it's been like almost seven years at this stage and uh we only have co- uh, less than half a million consoles so in india i don't know if that's that behavior would translate when it comes to console buying uh at all and that's the thing where we're going to see some very interesting user behavior because i mean you're gonna have the diehards like I think four of us on the podcast who are going to be interested to see what's there day one and probably get in day one. Uh, but uh, the large, but the masses, I don't know. And it doesn't help that Sony's pricing for India has been uh, disturbing to say the least. I mean, you've got, <laughs> I mean, you've got increments of two grand, man. Increments of two grand discounts since, since launch, literally. So you launch at 40K and now your base console, the regular PS4 Slim, is at 26. I mean, that's, that's not steep enough. And if you compare it to the PS3 in the same time frame, PS3 launched at 40. By this time, it was already at 15, 16. So, to me, that's the disappointing thing. That uh, I, I, I do agree that, that yes, a bunch of us will be conditioned. And, I mean, we'll pick it up regardless. But uh, for the large number of people, they're going to wait for the games, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. In, in, if we if Sony launched the PS4 at uh, at at 5.99, which is the same price it did for the PS3, they would have had a better chance simply because people would be aware that hey, there's there's Uncharted, hey, there's God of War. There are there are games worth buying the console for, and I think that's what Sony's betting on. So I won't be surprised if we do see a larger trend towards buying day one or closer to day one or, you know, in the first year or even at a higher price because of the content promise. I mean, you know, you're going to get Spider-Man. You know, you're going to get God of War. You know, you're going to get a new horizon. So there's a reason to give a shit.
0: Yeah, those are system sellers on their own.
2: I think I I agree with Rishi here because, you know, like, uh, yes, we are conditioned to pay higher for phones and, you know, other sorts of gadgets that we may have around our uh, rooms. But uh, people who buy... Expensive phones or even mid-range of phones, uh, phones are more for necessity. You know, something that your entire life depends on, your office work or your home Not home work, work. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> stuff from, you know, stuff related to your social life and a bit of gaming. So people don't mind spending, um, you know, upwards of 50 grand for a phone if they're looking for something that's powerful and efficient. But when it comes to consoles, uh, especially in India's context, uh, people don't necessarily like to invest in something that's expensive, either they'll wait for sales or they'll buy it off the grey market. And Rishi knows very well about the grey market, how it works. <laughs> Way
1: <Yeah>. too much. <laughs> yeah. You guys have the better, more efficient grey market channels, man. I'll give you guys that. Palika's yeah. love Palika's life. That is all I shall say on that.
2: Palika and Gafar, man, they're like, yeah. I I mean, every yeah. console that I've ever owned in my life, I've never bought it from the official channels in mm. India. It's always been from the grey market. Because, you know, like at least with Sony, I have that Same. trust, it will last for a year. Yeah. And in India, they only offer one-year warranty. Mm. And up beyond that, it's you have to pay for repairs yeah. anyway. So I'm like, why should I pay 28% tax yeah, on a Yeah, same, absolutely.
0: It, right? Like, my PlayStation 3 was from Palika... Uh, the ps4 i picked up from malaysia because i got a really really yeah. good yeah, deal exactly. on
2: it it's still great, right kind of yeah. kind of gray maybe not from the indian market but it's yeah. not valid. the warranty is not valid so i think that's what uh, i, I mean, that's where i agree with rishi that phones are more of a necessity and in india especially i don't know about how it is i mean us it's not a necessity. people might may consider gaming mm-hmm. a necessity or they just buy, buy to play one game a year, like fifa or COD. but in india it's still a little hard to convince people to invest especially
0: publicly. like when you factor in that you know mobile gaming uh, has really picked up you know PUBG for example Yeah exactly uh, I see yeah, that's up- that's an
1: interesting one actually yeah. Dhruv, bring up PUBG because uh, I don't know, so depending who you speak to and what Kool-Aid they're drinking, you'll hear two very interesting theories around PUBG in India, particularly from the suits. Uh, one theory <laughs> is, oh, if someone has spent hundred over 100 plus hours on PUBG Mobile, they will graduate to playing it on PC or console because that's where the experience is better. And I'm like, uh-huh, okay, cool story, bro. Uh, and then you have the other end of it, which to me is a little more realistic, where, uh, look, at the end of the day, uh, when you see a game like PUBG and uh, a game like, if you look at PUBG mobile and to, an ex, to a smaller extent, COD mobile, if you look at those two, uh, there's a situation where you have a huge, huge number of people who played them month one, day one, year one. And if you look at it uh, over a period of time, let's say the the monthly active on a game like PUBG mobile from year one versus year two, from an India standpoint, even there's, there's a, there's a noticeable drop off. And I mean, and that's something we even saw at Pokemon Go, right, to a smaller degree, where everyone went in, played it because hype, because Pokemon, and then a year later, it's normalized. You still have the diehards who are playing Pokemon Go on a regular basis. Most of us have moved on to other things. I mean, some of us moved on to other things because algorithm, but then other people who are playing for, for fun are like, yeah, they moved on to other games. And... That's the uh, situation, which I think is, is is going to be fun to see how that normalizes for PUBG Mobile. Because a lot of the folks on the analyst side of things, a lot of the folks on the business side of things, are prepping and anticipating that yes, there will be a drop in user base, but not that I much. Mean, yeah, but it it would be there. But what I do what I do think is going to happen is what and what most people are missing is the fact that. Because of a game like PUBG, because of a game like COD Mobile, you're getting a large base of people to give a crap about gaming who would never give a crap to begin with. Yeah. And that will eventually help everyone in the long run. But but I actually, mean, it's like a, it's like
0: a gateway a to gaming. Point, my, yeah. That's what I see yeah. it as. So, uh, what I'd like to you know get your thoughts on is that, you know, uh, for a large portion of the audience, uh, you know, say the 20-25 to 25 age group, uh, which... That audience doesn't necessarily have a lot of spending power Uh, and you know in case they're getting their gaming fix uh, on PUBG or Call of Duty mobile or whatever, is is there any trend to suggest that they will necessarily upgrade uh, to a console or a PC gaming experience or they'll just be satisfied with their mobile gaming experience?
1: Man, that's a, that's, a, that's a can of worms right there, man uh, <laughs> And I'll tell you why um, A couple of years back I actually in, I actually uh, had a very long conversation With, at that time One of India's better PUBG mobile players And I told him Okay, bro, you won the inaugural tournament here What next? What's your game plan? What do you want to do in life? And he goes on a 20-minute tirade About how, con- how, how mobile gaming is not legit How he wants to get on a PC <laughs> side of things why the PC scene is legit and why uh, all this uh, all this mobile stuff is uh, is basically ephemeral it's not gonna last it's it's too it's it's too niche and all that nonsense and I was laughing while while, while he told me that because I mean uh, in another life I used to be in game dev and game dev for mobile and you know the scale people work at you know the you, you get an idea of what the user behavior is like and, and you're laughing to yourself while you're hearing this kid but then you realize you know you were in the same vein you used to think the same Uh and i think that's one part of it right that there is that aspirational value there is that street cred that's somehow managed to attach itself to playing on a specific format but i don't think that that matters too much from an india context because if because uh if you look at the subculture that's uh, that's that's come up around uh, around pubg you look, at, you look at the subculture that's come up around the teams the players the streamers it's it's a it's a fascinating situation where there is some level of hero worship that's set in and it's hero worship set in to the point where yes there's a, there there are good teams playing there, there is soul there is tsm entity there are guys who are actually doing pretty well on a global level i want to be more like them so it's to me it seems like a situation where yes the aspirational value exists for some but for the majority it's more more towards it seems to be going more towards the uh, you know competitive esports you know uh, mobile gaming is here to stay root but that being said, I think there's enough room for all types of gaming competitive or otherwise to exist at a specific scale. Because if you still think about it at the end of the day, while while Tencent's done a lot to make gaming a thing here, they are nowhere close to making a profit. While the likes of Sony and uh, to a smaller extent, all the other uh, AAA publishers here, they, they are, they're able to make a profit on India. So it's a question of scale. Fair enough.
2: Harish, you've been awfully quiet. Uh, now that we've spoken about India and the context of gaming in India you want to introduce what Sony has spoken about PS5 uh, this past week
3: yeah I'll get to that in a minute but about the whole thousand dollar phones and all the folks that actually end up buying consoles on day day one most of them are in the US right and they're not conditioned to paying thousand dollars for phones they buy them from the carrier so they pay like 40-50 dollars so and that's just not possible with a console so I still think that a $700 price point will be unreasonable. But then again, when you look at the hardware that they're offering, it's, I mean, the whole console is better than what you get with just one video card, right? I mean, an, an RTX 2080 is worth more than $700. And for that price, you're getting a whole console here. So there is that dichotomy. But Would you be comfortable paying $700 for uh, for a, for the PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at the kind of hardware you're getting. That's just not possible on the PC side, right? And uh, Rishi?
1: I mean, honestly, I mean, let's put it this way. If I if I didn't have to pick one up anyway for work purposes, I'd wait. Uh, simply because, uh, I mean, the, the problem with, with, with this is while I do agree that, yes, the value proposition is there, but at the same time, uh, if there are no games, what's the point, right? I mean, and we had the same situation back in the day with, with, I mean, with most console launches. I think outside of the GameCube, nearly every console launch has had no reason to buy the console day and date. Yeah, there's so... always been
2: a transitory period.
1: Actually, GameCube uh, uh, and to an extent the OG Xbox for Halo. Oh yeah, Switch. I, I don't know, Breath of the Wild, nah, not, not a fan, man. But yeah. th- that's just me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it needs reactions. a blacksmith. <laughs> that we, the, web, the the weapon durability needs to go away I, that's a hill i'm willing to die on no but uh, yeah i mean that's the thing i mean 700 dollars day one if i wasn't if i didn't have to pick one up for work purposes
2: i wouldn't i, I wouldn't bother i'd wait you make I'd a good a point there so do you think uh, uh, so sony clarified yesterday that it's going to support up to f- almost 4000 yes yeah, so that's PS4 exactly games. what it was about to come to do you think that would help rishi no just don't that know. you know
0: uh, rishi mm. before you get mm. into this uh I think it's it's vital to discuss this from a broader perspective mm. that Sony's kind of dropped the ball on getting the messaging right. You know, they hold an entire discussion on the technical specs and give mixed messaging about backwards compatibility. People have no clarity on, you know, what's coming, what's not coming. And for what it's worth, Microsoft did not do such an extensive deep down But they told us more about the capabilities of the console that Sony did in one hour.
2: I think Sony was just being a little bit protective about what they want to talk about. But uh, But this is a
0: console that's ten months out.
2: Yeah, less than
0: ten months out. So I mean, we don't know
2: what it looks like. Ten million people saw that that video, right? So that means a lot of people are hungry for PS Five information. They did not probably expect that. Uh, when they when they were hosting that video. And probably when uh, Mark Cerny said that top 100 games, people... Uh, it's ambiguous, yes. People assume that only the top 100 games will be supported at launch and yeah. maybe later on they'll mm-hmm. add it. But of course, yesterday they came out with a blog post saying that, no, 4,000 games, uh, almost 4,000 games, PS4 games will be supported on PS5, although each one of them have to be individually tested. Mm-hmm. But it's still a reassuring um, factor to the fact that if you want to transition to the PS5 at least from it's, my perspective I'm like okay I can bring my games what with me. I'm
0: trying to get at is that you know Sony's taking a very uh, I mean unless you're an enthusiast mm-hmm. for the average consumer they haven't actually given out any information at
2: all Nothing. I mean uh, let's uh, be saying,
3: honest yes. that was basically a tech demo that was not meant for the average consumer yeah, yeah. right whatever they announced yeah. that was basically an hour long deep dive into the hardware side of things, nothing to do with the console. It was it was originally scheduled Overall.
2: for Game Developers Conference, and I think this was for Game Developers.
0: Which, again, brings up the question, and Rishi, maybe you can shed yeah. some light on this, hmm. that, you know, uh, if their only conversation piece so far has been a logo and a GDC conversation, what the fuck is going mm-hmm. on at Sony?
1: Oh, man, where do I begin? That's That's <laughs> like the I'll most begin. pointed question I've got all year long. And reason why, uh, Dhruv, you're not the first person to ask me that. I've had retailers, wholesalers, sub distributors. I've even had other publishers ask me the same thing. And <laughs> I mean, I do agree with you. the The silence is deafening. And um, I also, do, and I do agree that Microsoft uh, has done a better job of showcasing feature set. Um, That being said, if you look at it from an India context, if you look at it from the mass context, Sony's dropped the ball. Yeah, they dropped the ball completely on messaging. Uh, Most people would have wanted to have greater clarity on something like backwards compatibility. Most people would want to see games. But then at the end of it, as Harish rightly pointed out, right, this is a situation where it was a technical showcase. And yeah, it was a GDC thing at the end of the day. The problem is someone at Sony's marketing or social media got Got a little too ambitious for their own good, and thought, let's "Oh, let's share, let's, yeah. let's share it with everyone. Let's share it with everyone." I mean, fine, I get it. You need to talk about something, and it because my, cause see, here's the thing. Here's also the big difference, right? Microsoft actually flew down uh, a bunch of influencers and YouTubers and uh, and and websites, Euro Eurogamer, Digital, Foundry, the likes. They flew them down to their headquarters to have hands-on with the hardware. So when when you're when when Microsoft does this. All right, and you have nothing to show for it. Obviously, it makes you look bad, and you have to do something. So it's I think it was more be, of a, yeah. it was more of a panic. Uh, it was more of a, a panic announcement at the end of the day, right? To me, it doesn't seem like uh, something Sony would be doing or want to do, unless Microsoft, didn't already you know do something to begin with. So it, but that it just really a brings up the
0: the the topic that you know, like if you discount the the GDC recorded conference. Yeah, we've and got nothing. We've got, we've got nothing other than the logo.
2: I have a feeling the console is not ready. I don't know why I'm getting that feeling. I mean, uh, I don't. I don't know. know I, I could be wrong, but uh, it's been four months since we know about yeah. the Series X, uh, and Sony had four months to sh- show off their console, even just a glimpse.
0: I mean, they've done I, this in I, the I, past, really. but I don't, they I don't know. Have. I don't
2: know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's ready, and they're just holding their cards. So that they want to get done with the launch of Ghost of Tsushima. That's probably the last major exclusive launch on the PS4. And then talk about the PS5. I Go kind ahead. of
1: agree with uh, Akshay there. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that and does actually fall in. with Laser focus what, on PS5 after that yeah. launch. I mean, that does make sense to me. And that makes sense to me because we're also looking at a situation where Sony as a company has done a huge reorganization of late, right? There's been situations where... Um, so usually what used to happen, Sony used to let each country operate like its own fiefdom. Uh, there used to be a point in time where uh, India would have its own games developed for India. We had street cricket, we had Rawan, we had Card Kings. Uh, and we had other markets do their own things. So like Australia would have their rugby stuff and do, do whatever else was needed. And that was the thing that used to happen. And that was the thing that happened all the way up to the PS4. Now what we're seeing, at least from the PS4 launch, I think year two, year three onwards, there's been more of a focus to you know align all their teams internally, make sure everyone's on the same page, have a more globalized approach, lose some of that local flavor in the bargain, and that does make us wonder what's going on next. And the side, and I mean, at the end of the day, if if your boss is sitting in another part of the world, have told you to keep quiet because you know Ghost of Tsushima is the next big thing, so talk about that, or Last of Us Part Two is the next big thing, so focus on that, then obviously you can't say stuff about new hardware or in know make information known about new hardware until uh, until a, a given time and I've seen we've seen this in the past uh it wasn't like this during the ps3 era where we where guys like atendria Bose, who used to be at sony would actually um, say stuff they shouldn't be saying like give us information on SKUs that that shouldn't have been talked about but uh I do believe that yeah it seems to be a very con- concentrated concerned effort to keep quiet until the necessary time and here's the thing, they can afford to do that because at least if you look at markets like India, you look at Asia, um, there's a situation where Sony is, what, 70-80% of the retailer shelf at the end of the day between hardware, accessories, games. I mean, if you're if you're not in Sony's good books as a game store, you, you can't sell anything. And it's reached a point where even Amazon India at least is impacted to, to that degree. So... Uh, they can afford to do that because they know at the end of the day whatever else they announce uh, and because they know that Microsoft isn't too strong outside of US and UK they can afford to let the market uh, champion their cause because the market needs to get paid. And it seems to be that approach that they're relying on.
0: Cool. So this time around there's going to be a lot of uh, similarities you know like let's let's uh, you know I mean since we don't have much from Sony so maybe you know uh what are expectations from the console you know what gets you excited there's there's the common stuff there's going to be 4k 60 maybe some games will do 8k but that doesn't really matter right now uh teraflops sure xbox might be slightly more powerful but end of the day it's not going to be a drastic difference uh but but what's getting you guys excited about the ps5
3: let's start with you what do you think about the hardware I like the SSD, man. They've done a lot of good stuff on that front, and the fact that it now has six priorities and it's able to put down that much bandwidth—that's that's nearly double what Microsoft is offering, right? So that's gonna make a huge difference because an SSD will make immediate impact on your games, right? The, you there won't be any loading time. You don't need to wait for a new environment or level to load. So very excited about that and also the fact that you can just slot in any PCIe for SSD in there, unlike what Microsoft is doing, where they have their own tech stack o- around the SSD now. More like Xbox Series Vita, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Drove predicted this a uh, week or two oh, earlier, yeah. right? But that
2: was for Sony, but it turned out to yeah. be Xbox instead. Uh, but I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to ask all three of you questions, Rishi, I'm going to ask you to answer in the end, Let's uh, because I know your answer, which is why I'm going to ask your answer later. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Harish and Dhruv, I mean, we've seen the specs and we've seen what uh, both consoles are capable of. Uh, the Series X technically is more powerful than mm-hmm. the PS5. My question to you guys is, does it really matter? No.
3: Ob- ob- not to me. Obviously not. It really does not matter if the Xbox has like 1.7 teraflops higher performance or power because at the end of the day, that's just one number and that number only talks about the maximum theoretical compute power. It is, it is not relevant in day-to-day use. I mean, it all comes down to how game makers optimize their games to run on each console. And at the end of the day, I think Sony at least will have the edge in terms of... the kind of games that they offer, right? hmm Yeah,
0: that's, that's absolutely the case for me as well. So, unlike you, Akshay... I'm still rocking the original PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't do 4K, doesn't do any of that. The games still look phenomenal. Uh, the first-party games look really damn good. And if they could do that... with the performance difference between the P- PS5 and mm-hmm. the Xbox... The original PlayStation 4 is about 1.6, 1.7 teraflops. Yep. If they can pull that off at 1.6 teraflops, yeah, the games are going to look good enough. I am more excited about the audio capabilities. Okay. You know, the the virtual surround sound, the 3D audio that they're talking about. That truly, I feel, is going to make a big difference in how you perceive the next generation of games. And of course, there's the first-party games, the storylines, you know. That's that's why I am a PlayStation fan mm-hmm. and that's why I'll be buying a PlayStation 5. Okay.
2: And Rishi
1: um. Well, it's it's a lot of things, man. I mean, I look at it this way: the Series X announcement was more about Microsoft being honest to what Xbox is than what it means to the rest of us. Because if you look at the Xbox 360 and the OG Xbox, they were the most powerful consoles for their generations. I mean, uh, they had more memory, they had they had the entire shebang. And I think it's sort of a question of uh, you know, f- fine, they 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 tried wiping the slate clean with uh, with with the One X and the and the One S. That's Phil Spencer putting his stamp on proceedings. But I think with the Series X, it's like, yeah, okay, this is what it's been building towards. Uh, And I mean, if you think about it, yeah, it makes sense for Microsoft to to go out guns blazing with the highest spec console because that's what, they're known to do that's what they should have done to begin with with the one with this xbox one but okay fine that was a detour in the road i think that makes sense for them uh and but then at, at the end of the day right i mean fine sony will, sony will have this might have the disadvantage in terms of uh in terms of pure uh spec but uh, what interests me with both parties is fine you have these super fast ssds uh the question is then how well d- developers make use of that right so we've seen a situation in the past where at least uh, some of bandai namco's games mm-hmm. their loading screens would have would let you play gradius and think i think in pac-man a couple of their arcade titles so now the question is when you've removed loading screens completely how do developers make use of that extra bandwidth are we going to see games which just which are just bigger better more badass or are we going to see games that actually you know take the medium forward in 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 ways that matter because new tech is there so to me that's going to be the most interesting thing to see how they make use of that plus the audio capabilities those two things to me would be most interesting but then if if but then if i boil it down and if i go completely in in my in full normcore mode i would just say announce spider-man 2 and halo infinite already damn it that's it i mean give me the games
2: From my personal context, I would say that to me, it doesn't really matter that it's powerful or not because I already have something which is a gaming PC that is more powerful than my PlayStation 4, even the Xbox. But for me, what matters is the quality of games and games that come to the console and PC does not really have uh, exclusive like the way Sony does. So that's probably the number one reason why I would get a PlayStation 5. Um, of course, uh, the reason why I have a PC is because Xbox, uh, Microsoft had this phenomenal thing where they, where whatever they launch on Xbox comes on PC as well, and the Game Pass is credible, which is why I was, I'm going to stick to PC for playing Microsoft games. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though, like uh, as Rishi was mentioning about the SSDs, it is a great upgrade in terms of it's going to change completely how games are made from the ground up. Uh, maybe not in the very beginning, maybe one or two years down the line. That's with every console generation. Uh, we'd see developers taking advantage of a console towards uh, the middle and end of the generation. Same with PS4 Pro. PS4, PS4 Pro, Xbox One, I mean, what games look like today and at the launch of PS4, they look entirely different. So, I mean, yeah, for me, it doesn't really matter that Xbox is more powerful. Uh, Sure, it is. But I want to see games. And Mm -hmm. as of now, I only know of Halo Infinite that's coming on the Series X and nothing else. Whereas on PS4, PS5, I already know that all the upcoming games like Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima, and everything else, all the entire library, exclusive library that PS uh, PlayStation has, will come forward with me to PlayStation 5, which is why I'm going to invest in that.
0: Think on that note, are any of you guys are planning to defer playing a few of the final PlayStation 4 games till you get the PlayStation 5?
2: No, I'm not going to wait. The story matters to me, man. I'm going to play the game.
0: I- I'm... I'm thinking of waiting to play Cyberpunk.
2: Cyberpunk is... Yeah, that's a good... But, I mean... For me, Last of Us... I'm a huge Last of Us fan. Yeah. So, for me, it's impossible to wait to play it on PS5. Fair enough. That's because I love the game. I really don't give a damn where I'm playing it at. Rishi, so, you're that's saying.
1: I, I don't know. I'd like... I I mean, that's an interesting one, man. As, particularly since you bring up Cyberpunk. Because I've been to- toying with the idea of... Uh, not playing it on console at all and playing on on this cheap pc i picked up just to see how bad the experience will be but <laughs> considering i'm able to play uh, witcher 3 at, at at pretty much high settings almost everything at high so i mean that also goes to show right like we're in a situation we're in a pretty good situation where if you have i mean uh, pc hardware like i'm um, like i'm using a laptop which has a 1650 gtx it's it's no it's by no means cutting edge but if i'm able to run witcher at high i mean big th- that's that's already on par with what's possible on you know some of the consoles so I mean, to me, it's a situation where you, if the tech is, a, if we've reached a plateau or a point where you know most of the good stuff will run on whatever you have, regardless, then you might as well go ahead and uh, pick the best option. But yeah, I, I, I think I might defer cyberpunk. I might defer. Uh at least to my mind, yes, Cyberpunk's one I'm definitely probably gonna defer. The rest of them I mean ff seven remake is day and date, whether I like it or not, that's something I'm gonna be playing. I mean your website's uh, named
2: on the game. Pretty much. The, yeah, so like
1: no, we got we got Mike who can also do that if need be. But no, I, I that's one thing I wanna <laughs> bother with. And I mean Last of Us, yeah, that too. Uh mainly for the sto- for story because at the end of the day, while it's it's okay to defer some games, but others when you know there are gonna be spoilers all over the place, you'd rather yeah. get them out of the way. Yeah. And last uh, of us is one of was-
2: Go to Tsushima, I think I will wait. Yeah. Maybe. But Last of Us 2, yeah, I have to play that I, I got game enough of a backlog to go through. There's no way of waiting for that one.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I'd probably wait on pro- some of the stuff like Cyberpunk. But then, again, right, like I said, if, if it ends up being a game that runs really well on old hardware, I might just play it on PC instead. The Doom Eternal, for example, I mean, I was surprised. They got that game running very well on old hardware. What a beautiful game. So, yeah, I mean, I'm playing that on PC of all things. So, yeah.
0: Sweet. So, before we end our section on... Uh, the PlayStation 5 and the upcoming consoles, wildest uh, predictions, like, you know, the most out there thing that you think might actually end up in the console.
3: Harish? It will have lasers. You can point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It will have a laser in the Blu-ray drive.
3: Well... Apart from... I don't know. I want to see... better design because i'm not sold on the design of the series x it just looks like a tower and if i want a tower nah, i have same a here PC.
1: dude same here yeah
3: i want something that looks elegant and sony has delivered on that front for a while so i want a console that actually looks like a console and not a fucking pc <laughs> that's a good point
0: yeah i can agree with you on that uh, akshay
3: uh the wildest
2: thing i can expect from ps5 or uh I mean, I want to believe that patent where you know they track your, um, they can the controller can track your heartbeat and see if mm-hmm. you're sweating or not, and the game reacts to you in that way. It was a patent. I don't know if it's going to make it in the final console, but if that comes, ac- if that happens, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm playing Resident Evil all yeah, the fucking imagine time. like PT with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm playing all those games. I mean, if you have a, if you have PT, I don't have PT, and it vanished from the store. So, yeah. I mean, if uh, if that comes true. I mean with with the spatial audio 3D audio it's going to be insane.
0: Rishi what do you think?
2: So
1: two things. One I, I the wildest thing I can imagine that can happen is that Sony and Microsoft actually get their QA in order and fix the damn analog sticks on both their controllers. <laughs> <laughs> because I am not joking man the the, the first gen dual shock 4 controllers pretty much disintegrate within a year. And uh, and the Xbox One controllers yeah. Even right now, the Xbox One controllers I've had to get replace. I've had to replace the uh, the analog sticks because they also disintegrate within a year, year and a half. And my, yeah. uh, so, <laughs> I hope they don't drop the ball on QA. That's one. And the other wildest thing is most li- is I'd like to see, but unlikely is Sony support PS1 and PS2 physical uh, backwards compatibility. Oh, damn, Make that happen, and I'm not moving. I'm not getting anything else.
2: I mean I have the same problem as you man with the with the with the uh, with the first gen uh, PS4 controller so I bought an Astro third party controller it's doing wonders for me at least I'm enjoying that nice nice yeah. no I
1: just I reached the point where I just pick up multiple I mean I I, I've, I I rotate between three different controllers on PS4 now so that that's what yeah. I do Okay. So, yeah.
0: Cool. So your predictions weren't clearly as wild as what I have in mind. What is what, No, what because
1: the, the the ones I want are basically expensive things for them to do because to use quality material and at Dude, scale. Yeah. Wait
0: till you hear what I want them to do.
1: <laughs> We're waiting.
0: A, a, a PlayStation Vita successor, which is just focused on remote play and maybe PS Now and backwards compatibility with PlayStation Vita
1: games. That's it's what I want. PS TV. To- I have a PS TV. It's not portable. Same. It is. same. But then, I mean, that's the best we're going to get at this point. Yeah.
0: I mean, you if you have a hacked Nintendo Switch, you can get the remote play app on that. So, you know, that's a workaround. Yep. Uh, and it works. So, you know, It shows you the promise of what is capable. Uh, but yeah, you know, all said and done, I would love to see a companion device like the PlayStation Vita. Uh, I think the Switch has shown... A lot of us that you know there is room, there is still room for mobile portable gaming, or at times when you don't have you know access to a big screen. Uh, I would love to see Sony stick to that. Uh, they really hit hit the hit it out with the PSP and not so much with the Vita. I think we still need competition on the portable side of things, but yeah, that's Man, my.
1: I agree out completely. There. As I, I, as a, as a complete Vita fanboy, I, I agree. That would be really nice to see. But the problem is, if you look at how they've, they've managed this, right? They've kind of like deferred everything to, to, remote play, straight up, and, and on your Android device or iOS. So before it used to be the domain of Xperia phones, and now they finally made that open. But I don't know. I mean, I do agree that dedicated hardware would be so much better. A
2: lot better.
0: What else do we have on the gaming set?
3: Uh,
2: I, I think that uh, pretty much that's, cuts it. Unfortunately, that's all we have right now because uh, Sony is not talking much, and Microsoft <laughs> will uh, probably announce something yeah. in June.
0: Uh, Rishi, Akshay, do you want to give maybe some quick insights into Doom internal uh, You guys have been yeah. playing that.
1: Rishi, start off. Well, it, there's a lot of platforming. So if you're, so they should have called it <laughs> Doom Mario, but I mean, a ridiculous amount of platforming, guys. And most I'll, of
2: it is like. Going from one sequence to another.
1: Uh huh. Yes, yeah, you can't skip that stuff. You really yeah. need to be on your A game, and you you're gonna end up double jumping and zoo and dashing a lot. So I, I found that very amusing, but it, it, in a good way. And what was also interesting is the story is actually pretty good. Low key, mm-hmm. one of the best stories. This Gen.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's it's one of the first shooters. This Gen that has a great story. <laughs> it's got humor. It's got uh, good gameplay. Uh, apart from the platforming thing and i would say that this game will keep you on your toes i mean you can't just stick you know just can't camp in one corner and expect to just kill everyone they'll come to you
0: yeah so that's what i'm hearing that the difficulty curve
2: is much higher in the than beginning yes but once you yes, get upgrades and mods mm-hmm. you will uh, you will have fun
0: right
1: but at the same time, while the difficulty is higher, they've given you a few new tricks, right? So you have a basically something called a flame bl- belch, which is like a fil- flamethrower, which you know, which you use it on enemies. You get armor from them, and you have an ice bomb, which uh, freezes enemies in place as well. So they've given you some new tricks to play around with. Uh, it is on the it is a little more difficult compared to 2016 Doom, but the payoff, the narr- the narrative payoff to me is worth it. So yeah,
2: yeah, and so the bosses are not easy. Some of them are not easy. easy.
0: Deferring because I never got around to finishing the last
2: doom. I think the I think the one thing about this game I like is that you can't just complete the game on with one weapon. You oh. have to keep switching weapons, and you have to keep moving. Really around. learn the systems. Something yeah. that challenged yes. me. Something that challenged me. I haven't felt that in a FPS game oh. ever, probably in a very long time. And that's, what, that's the most intriguing and exciting part about this game, that you have to be thinking while you're playing. You can't just play it like a like a Call of Duty game. Sweet. Yeah, but Dhruv, one thing,
1: just one other thing though on this one, since mm-hmm. I, I think this is something you'll pick on. Uh, if you remember 2016, Doom had those really cool demonic audio logs, right? Mm-hmm. That's not in this game. They don't have none of that here, so just letting you know.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. okay, that game freaked me out, man. Like, I... I Resorted to playing the game with some you know classical <coughs> piano music playing in the background because it really triggered my anxiety levels. I was freaking out at at sections. I'm not a horror game uh, ah. fan, but yeah, uh, so that pretty much wraps up our gaming section for today. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, Rishi. And hopefully, no we'll have you again uh, sometime soon we'll, once we'll have we have a little to more know information more about these consoles. About no the worries, consoles, yeah, no worries. Uh, Thanks and stay safe Uh, Thanks for coming on board So it was great having Rishi over uh, But now back to our regular Programming which is mostly Smartphones and uh, A bit of general slice of life stuff Which is something you'd associate with If you're a weeb uh, into anime Anyways that got awkward (laughs) Hey stop shaking your head man You Um, called yourself a golem last
3: week Yeah that's true
0: it's okay (laughs) fantasy tropes anime all goes hand in hand (laughs) it does I mean Um, if you may if
2: I'm pretty sure if you made a Lord of the Rings reference uh, Harish would be uh, coming his pants right now Uh,
3: maybe Uh, not but hey I am getting started (laughs) with reading the Lord of the Rings again I usually read it once every year yeah
0: okay so uh, while we're on the topic of things going hand in hand (laughs) (laughs) Nokia and excitement certainly doesn't seem to be. Uh, They announced a bunch of new phones and uh, they're boring as fuck. Like, I don't know, man.
3: Yeah, I wrote something, I don't know, six months ago about how Nokia's 2019 strategy was nowhere because they were just iterating on models that were already there and there wasn't anything new or exciting. And Mm -hmm. I said that it needs to change in 2020 because we've seen so much in this... Segment in the last, what, 12, 18 months, right? But Nokia is at a standstill. There hasn't been anything exciting after the Nokia 7 Plus. I've used all of their phones, but nothing excited me after that. It all felt, I don't know, it felt generic. It didn't, yeah, there there wasn't anything that truly stood out on their phones.
0: Yeah, the 8.3 essentially looks like an extension of the 8.1 with updated internals. Which I suppose makes sense with the dot .update. But come on, like is that enough? Akshay?
2: Uh, I mean, uh, I got bored of their phones uh, way before, uh, I mean, 2019, I would say. Beginning, I was like, okay, they are not doing anything extraordinary. They're not doing anything innovative. They're not doing anything with their design. Most of the phones end up looking the same with different materials. Uh, when you put into context what Realme is doing, what Xiaomi is doing, uh, you know, they're at least taking a gamble with designs and trying something new, and Nokia is just playing it safe. Uh, it feels like a fo- It feels like Nokia all over again mm-hmm. before it went down the hill. Uh, they just, I think, are not paying attention to what's happening in the market, and uh, they're just... I don't think they have the resources, or I don't think they have uh, the right uh, people... Who, can, who have the vision to, you know, deliver great phones uh, with great features, with, with new designs. Um, no, actually,
0: I think I'll differ from you over there. Like, they do look good. The phones look good. It's just that it's been done by dated. Nokia. Yeah, that's what I'm for saying. For years on hand. Yeah. Uh, the phones aren't bad, but there's nothing unique about them.
2: Yeah, it's just that, like, you know, with... With at least uh, a Xiaomi phone, you know that uh, it's going to be budget-friendly, yet have a great uh, feel of the phone, and it's not going to look really like a budget phone. With Realme, you know they're doing some kind of stuff with cameras, and then now they're getting flagship-level hardware in their phones. Nokia, on the other hand, is not even... Not, they're neither going with hard, flagship-level uh, hardware, nor are they making their phones affordable, so
3: I don't know what to be excited about. But that's yeah, the thing, that's right? True. Nokia now feels very derivative and the one phone they actually did something interesting with, the Nokia 9 View just did not pan out for them. That that was sad to see because there was a lot of promise with that phone, right? It was back to that Lumia 120, uh, 1020 and they're like, oh, look at this. This is something that will give that kind of a camera. But then that just didn't translate into real world use. And after that, I think they just didn't Put any effort into their phones and it is all just iterative stuff
0: yeah and i and the way you look at it you know now they're getting into the services aspect of things with hmd connect uh, which uh, for our listeners it's it's a new service which will essentially let you uh, use global roaming for a flat rate uh, using a using an hmd sim card now, but then that's, again, something that's been done before and not just by one company. Multiple companies have done that. In fact, it's very likely that HMD is just slapping on their branding on top of another company's uh, tech, tech stack. Uh, really makes you think, you know, it's just derivative and it's there's nothing exciting about what Nokia is doing, which is just a shame to see
3: yeah it's really sad because nokia had that platform of pure android right that is its differentiator that is where it stands out from all of these chinese players right because with nokia you're guaranteed updates and a clean interface and that makes it immediately enticing all of its phones but then they just haven't done anything on the hardware front to just use that software with i mean there's the software yeah it's particularly great and it's great to see that nokia is I mean committing to Android one for all of its phones but then the hardware also needs to be at that same level right and that has been lacking in particularly in the last year year and a half yeah. I think they
2: had a great momentum when they started off with HfD and then it dropped off like right away it was a steep curve and um, I think they I don't think they can recover from it they can recover from it if they do something different with their phones but if they're going on the current path, I don't think they will. Uh, they, you will. We will see any int- any interest from my side for Nokia phones, at least. Uh, what about you,
3: Drew? What do you want to see from Nokia that will make you want to buy one of their or uh-huh. one of their phones or recommend it?
0: You know, on one hand, I mean, I could see their entire nostalgia play, but nostalgia gets you only that far. Uh, at this point, I mean, they're not really pushing imaging. The design is similar to what they've done before so you know i get nordic design i get clean lines that is my thing but there is room to make something fresh uh with within the constraints of that design language as well i know they tried with the pov uh but the implementation was far from perfect you know at this point if they were to focus on imaging which used to be the nokia thing instead of going completely outlandish which they did uh, with the with the latest phone. Uh, I just want them to focus on the essentials, use <laughs> a big sensor, which they did with the 1020, which they did with the 808. They gave us clean, pure, fantastic imaging without relying on gimmicks. Get the essentials sorted, get your hardware and pricing in line with what the competition is doing. You know, you're not... Uh, operating in a silo and the Nokia brand, the nostalgia for that is not really not as strong as it used to be. Kids who are buying the maximum number of phones don't even associate with Nokia. They've never bought a Nokia phone.
3: Yeah. That's that. So
0: unless you're, you're just catering to 30 plus uh, year old smartphone buyers. And I mean, in that case, you don't have something compelling enough in the upper end segment. That is the audience which has the spending power, but the product portfolio doesn't have anything to match up with that.
3: Yeah, it's a shame. I was going through my Gadget and I still have the Nokia 8 Shiroko, and that is such a beautiful phone. I love it. I had
2: Shiroko and the one after that as well. Oh my god, what phones! Uh, In fact, when I was in uh, London and uh, the beauty of uh, London was that I could get phones on contract and the Sirocco was the one that I got Mm -hmm. on contract because the way... I I didn't give a damn about keyboards. You know, I just needed a keypad and a phone that looked sexy and Sirocco was that. Even the one after that with the one where you just press on the the body and it would pop out. Mm I love that, man. I mean, that was Nokia for me. That's the last... And E71 after that because they tried to mimic uh, BlackBerry. But Sirocco is the last defining image for Nokia for me and I want yeah. them to go back to their roots. Not the crappy
3: Sirocco they're doing right now. That doesn't feel like a Sirocco phone to me. Wait. It, it, I, 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 like I, really yeah, Sirocco. I like that. I was talking about that. The Nokia at Sirocco. That's a good phone. I really no, like I'm it. No, I'm talking about the original Sirocco, man. Nokia,
0: the yeah. original Sirocco was gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. But the new That's Sirocco, what I want. I love the hand feel. You yeah. know, the... The aspect ratio of the screen, everything just felt right and very conducive to everyday use. Uh, And then they let go of that.
3: (laughs) This is what I want Nokia to do, man. I want them to build hardware. I mean, they're unique in that, right? There's no other Finnish manufacturers. They've got that heritage to build on, right? They've built some of the most iconic phone designs in the last 30, 40 years. I want them to do that again, and I want them, and they also have that platform ready. I mean, they don't need to do anything on Android because they committed to Android One. So that's a differentiator for them right there, right out of the box, because there's nobody else doing Android One well. So all they need to do is just focus on the hardware.
0: Yeah. Okay, so on to our next topic. From a boring phone manufacturer to a manufacturer that seems to be doing way too much. <laughs> Overcompensating. <laughs> That's what we call I'm it. I'm going
2: to go crazy with them, man. <laughs> uh,
0: the mid-ring segment in India is probably the hottest uh, than anywhere else in the world. Uh, Xiaomi is great, but uh, Realme is actually the one which is really pushing the uh, limit of how much How much is too much Uh and the company has, uh, is coming out with yet another sub brand. Uh, though this might be a, uh, b- might be an answer to the Poco or it might not be, I don't know. Yeah, uh, don't know. we have very limited information on this right now, but what we do know that it is called the Nazaro. Nazaro Na-
3: I think it was Nazo. Narzo. 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 What, what is this know. name? When like, no, I first not, heard it, I thought... Do they not Narco- focus group Narcos? these you things want... anymore? Like, do they what not... What the fuck does sound like? I don't know. Do they not, like, think, oh, this sounds funky. This... Nobody would associate it with the phone brand. Like, what the hell is
0: it? Yeah, it doesn't even roll off the tongue. Like, Narzo... Like, narcotics? That's what I heard,
2: man. Narcos. That's what, I, I mean, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm I mean, the closest I got is
3: Nazgul, but... That's an entirely different thing. I mean, you don't want to be called that.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. What's the deal with this?
3: I don't get it. I was ranting on Twitter about this and then they got back to me and they said, oh yeah, this isn't a sub-brand. This is just a new series that we are launching. But still, I mean, why do they need one more phone? It's not like they're not there in literally every fucking segment. Yeah, and it's got not the six, like,
0: the six pro, the X2. And Just two
3: it... weeks ago, they launched these two phones. I mean, yeah, what see, this, this year we... we've got the C3, we've got the X50, we've got the six and six pro, and now they're coming out with one more phone. It's like as two, two phones, two, we... two phones. Oh, right. yeah, there are two phones in the series, is <laughs> it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not one. For fuck's sake, it's like as if if they don't launch a phone once every 14 days or something, their factory (laughs) is going to shut down or something. I I don't know what their reasoning is behind this because it is totally moronic. There's no reason to flood the market with these many phones. And it's not like any of these phones are going to see updates, right? The more number of devices you have, the The harder it is to support them.
0: So that's interesting. So I've been tracking a lot of these updates and Realme has been doing a surprisingly good job at keeping the phones relatively updated, you know, maybe not the absolutely it is, but say like the February security patches and some feature drop-ins from time to time, they're not doing a bad job at that.
3: No, they still roll out updates once every three months, I think, because they were on a quarterly security patch cycle, but I'm talking about mm-hmm. platform stuff because none of these yeah. phones will get platform updates.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's another know. whole like, thing. It's like they're trying to justify hiring a big marketing team
3: guess but uh, I guess if you ever want to know how a market gets saturated it's happening right before our eyes I mean it's it not is... even that it's like the worst part of Samsung is what all these other brands are emulating and that is just infuriating because Samsung launched like what 18 devices this year yeah we don't yeah, need like... more phones we need better phones I agree yeah, we,
0: I think we can all agree on that yeah
2: I we think we quote really on need that
0: need man more next time yeah Oh, well, from more phones. Uh, but what do we know about
2: these phones? Do we know anything? Fuck all.
0: Well, Narzo 10 and the Narzo
3: 20. Oh, 20. Okay. Something like that. I don't I know think what,
0: it's what? think those are the
3: two names. Even the naming is more What? I mean, do they not think what will it be like, say, three years down the line? Because they'll roll out 20 of these every year. So... What next year will be Narzo 100, Narzo 120? What the hell?
0: My bigger concern with this is like there is no brand correlation, you know. Realme, Narzo 10. It's like, like what is that supposed to mean? It's like
3: all, and you all you over again. Xbox
2: Series X was a mouthful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just okay. At least with Redmi, they have distinct product lines. There's the note. And there's the regular model. You know what is the slightly bigger model, the slightly more powerful model. And then you've got the regular one. What the fuck is an Arzo?
3: Yeah. You have to give it to Realme that they're making Xiaomi seem reasonable <laughs> with phone launches. So.
0: And, and I thought like we'd had it with the outlandish names this year, with the Aiku. With the
3: yeah, no, that's just the stat. Tip of the damn fucking useless iceberg that we really do not need at this point in time.
0: Uh, actually, like, so did anybody act- actively track what happened with the iQ? Like, the hype is dead. There's no information from I,
2: I'm tracking coronavirus right now. I yeah, don't I don't know know, but,
3: yeah, I don't know about, yeah, I don't know about YouTube. too. the phone right now. I could give less shits about phones right now. I honestly do not care. I'm finishing off, I think, the last uh, phone review that I will be doing for a month or two. Because after this... I honestly do not care who will be interested in looking at phones with all that's been going on. I'm just going to focus on things that actually matter.
0: Yeah, and that's a good segue into our next uh, segment. And um I don't know like in, in case you've uh, noticed a slightly somber mood this uh, episode it's because all of us are concerned about what's going on in the real world and so should you. Uh It's important to quarantine. It's important to social distance. Well, less about social distance. The World Health Organization clarified, and this is true. Be connected, but maintain physical distance. Don't spread the virus, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to be connected to the real world. Uh, Wash your hands. Make sure that everything is sanitized. Uh, I'll let you guys chime in with your tips, but yeah, like it's, it's dire straits out there, and it's important to
3: be cautious. Damn, I just thought of sultans of swing. Never <laughs> mind, never mind. Yeah, you're putting it my. It's not even close. I'm scared shitless because um, every government is in lockdown and most major countries are basically shut down. But we are still functioning. I mean, everything in India is running. Particularly, I don't know how what it's like for you guys in Delhi, but it's business as usual in Hyderabad. And that that scares me because of the density that we have here. It's particularly easy to spread something like a coronavirus and I'm scared and I'm also at the same time crossing my fingers that it doesn't spread as fast in India because if it does, it's going to be a really bad situation because our healthcare system is nowhere near the same level as other countries. So it's going, yeah, be... it's
0: going to be a total collapse.
3: Yeah, it's I'm not taking be... any chances, man. I mean, I
2: only step out for the bare essentials and that's like once or twice a week, maybe. Today, I think I'm going to make my final run because I have a feeling we're going to be in total lockdown uh, in the coming weeks. And uh, I mean, it does get a little frustrating being stuck at home all the time. Uh, not for me, but for a lot of people. I've heard from my friends and everything. I'm used to just staying home, playing games and stuff. So it doesn't really affect me as much. But yeah, I can see that people are going to go nuts by staying at home all the time. And uh, I think the problem is that uh, some people are not keeping themselves busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just taking this very lightly that, oh, it's like a holiday. Trust me, it's not a holiday. If work helps you, please keep working at home if you can work from home. Otherwise, you are going to go insane. Yeah. I'm, seeing pe- I'm, I'm seeing it with people. I'm seeing it with people just losing patience, you know, losing losing their yeah. mind staying at home. It's just been eight days. Uh, and it's gonna turn out to be even longer so i mean if you have work man keep working keep yourself distracted because keep yourself
0: stimulated you know if you want to take some time off uh maybe it's the best time to catch up with your gaming backlog or you know read a few books listen to some music you are still connected to the entire world you have the internet on hand you have (laughs) television if that works for you just keep yourself stimulated you know don't just Lays around all day because that's going to get you irritated. And if this lockdown or well, at the moment, it's a self quarantine that we guys have been doing and is the general uh, recommendation. But if it goes into a government directed lockdown, it's probably going to last much longer. And it's better that, you know, you get into a certain routine so that you don't get bored. uh, You don't get uh, tired and exhausted of just being at home.
3: Yeah. And this has been affecting me all week. We've been self isolating for 22 days now. At the start of the month, we asked the maid and the cook to leave because well, we wanted to be absolutely sure. And we told them, we gave them advice on what they should and should not do. And I'm going to provide the same advice here as well, right? Um, Minimize contact with other human beings because it's really easy for this virus to spread. And you have to absolutely make sure that you're doing your part to make sure that you're curbing the community spread or infection or whatever the hell it's called. Um, Number two, wash your hands, like about a gazillion times. Uh, Number three, and this is the one that's most relevant to everyone listening in. uh, It's really hard to be stuck in the house all day. Um, so I would recommend taking a lot of breaks during the course of the day, you don't need to sit and work at your desk for eight hours at a time like you do at your office. It's okay to just take breaks every, I don't know, 30-40 minutes. What I do is I work for 30 minutes and then I take a 10 minute break, um, look at something or read, another, read an article on the internet and then just get back to work. That makes a lot of difference, it makes you feel like there's a broader world out there even though you're st- stuck at home so that works and also get into what interests you if it's reading books there are so many recommendations i'll put some on twitter of what i'm i've been reading in the last 2 3 weeks there's so much content on netflix and prime video and hotstar there's really no shortage of things to read watch play
2: before uh, before you continue uh, i don't know if you saw what Europe did, uh, they asked, uh, Netflix to reduce the bit rates, uh, because people were consuming so much content yeah. and was putting a strain on the, on the internet infrastructure. Do you think, I mean, uh, I mean, of course, India does not have as many users, but, uh, it sure wouldn't help if you manually reduce your bitrate so that there's enough bandwidth for everyone to work from home or, you know, emergency communications. Yeah.
0: Or maybe if you're fo- following a series, maybe just keep it downloaded in SD quality. Yeah. Uh, so that even if internet slows down and it eventually will if there is a government-ordained lockdown because everybody will be working from home, everybody will be working on their private lines and our infrastructure isn't really meant to sustain that kind of traffic simultaneously.
3: We don't even have Uh, the infrastructure for that. Forget sustainability. We don't have that broadband infrastructure. Most connections in India are still mobile. And I think we have, what, 10 million or fewer broadband connections. So those lines are going to be severely strained over the coming weeks. Um, there's not a whole lot you can do because I think every line is 20 is to 1 subscribed, right? So if you say you have a gigabit line, basically what that is is that you don't get 24-7 gigabit. It's that that line is shared. It's a shared line. Um, so if everyone is using data all the time, you're not going to see that whatever quoted bandwidth you have.
0: Well, there you go. So prepare to keep your content offline, uh, whatever you're watching, if, keep if, it on hand.
2: And if everything fails, you can always contact Ruvan Harish. Yeah. They yeah. have uh, probably the internet down on their hard drives, every show we can imagine, and they okay. may be
3: able to help you out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, we'll start a drop shipping service for the completely sanitized hard drives <laughs> of content.
3: The apocalypse is here. We are ready.
0: And just keep this in mind, you know, over-preparation is fine. Just don't be under-prepared for what's coming. Uh, This is not an ordinary flu. It is going to fuck you up. Uh, If you get affected by it, if you get infected, even if you recover, you are going to lose lung capacity, which is not something that you want. Stay safe. Be safe now rather than repent it
3: later yeah and also one point on that everything is going to be out of stock so please before you start self-isolating pick up on stuff that you need essentials like your pulses and your rice and your all the things that you think you may need for at least a month so that um everything is already out of stock at your major retailers and if there is going to be a lockdown it probably will be you you're better off having Provisions for at least a month so that you don't run out.
0: But don't hold. Yeah, don't hold. Yeah, don't be hold. Mindful. Let
3: Share.
2: I mean, let everyone have the chance to yeah. survive.
0: <laughs> you don't need 20 packets of pasta. You'll be fine with maybe like four
3: right. You're hours. not going to eat pasta every meal, man. Right? Hey, pasta okay. is great yeah it's great I had it last night <laughs> <laughs>
0: alright I think uh, that pretty much wraps no, up the no 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 before,
2: before we go I know you hate this part but we have to do something uh, uh, the competition. not the, th- <laughs> this, no. <laughs> the coronavirus may be fucking things up but it's definitely not fucking up smartphone launches <laughs> and we have one coming uh, very soon and was it 31st March I think so the meet 10 I 10? think so yeah, yeah, the end is here. And B10, B10, B10 Pro, what are they
3: I mean, who's interested in a phone in the middle of all this? Like, honestly. No, I mean, we've started something, we have to go through it. No, not that. Yeah, we'll do this. Oh, yeah. But like, in a broader point of view, right? Because outside of the it's Indian not, market, yeah. it's all shut down. Like, you don't hear anything about any new devices or products.
0: It's almost insensitive at this point to launch a new phone. Yeah.
3: <laughs> But then again, well, Apple introduced the iPad Pro, and now I'm thinking we should have probably talked about that. But next week, next time, yeah, yeah
2: next, next time. Uh, so yeah, the Me10 is launching in India very soon, and as usual, I need your predictions for how much it will launch for. Um, I mean, it's got everything that you expect from a flagship phone, but being Xiaomi, you never know what it's going to be
3: priced at. So let's go with your predictions, guys.
0: Thirty-seven thousand for the base SKU.
3: Okay. Thirty-eight thousand for the whatever. Baseball. Wait, I'm we're talking about the Mi 10 or the Mi 10 Pro. Ten. Mi 10. Ten. Okay, thirty-eight.
2: I'm gonna say forty-two, uh, because in China it costs four thousand yuan, and uh, there's no way it's gonna
3: come cheaper than that in India. But then the Realme X50 is what thirty-seven, right? So it needs to be yeah. thirty seven, thirty eight. Yeah, but I I don't think this phone is being made in India, so I think it's going to be a little bit higher.
0: But now that you've opened this Pandora's huh? box, <laughs> might as well just discuss a little bit. Yeah. Do well, you think no. Xiaomi has the cachet to sell a forty thousand rupee phone right now?
3: I'll make this yeah. easy. No, it does not. It really does not. They failed so badly with the Mi Mix 2. It is not even funny. Um, I remember getting. Yeah, hey, the Mi Mix 2 is. Still on sale. sale in I, India. I remember <laughs> getting figures for that year, and 99% of sales was for Redmi, and 1% was Me Mi Mix 2. Sure, they sell a lot of phones, but nobody other than diehard Me fans who have that spending power will want to pick up the Me 10.
2: I think we were discussing before we were recording this, uh, and Harish was like, uh, you, know, you never know what's going to happen to the economy and I hope you guys have some money saved. And if that's what it's coming down to, I don't think Mi 10 is going to be on my on the top of my list. Oh, yeah, yeah right. I mean, it won't be on that's any like... list, right? Yeah, it's going to be a tough time. I don't think I have money for even
3: anything for that matter except for provisions. Yeah, this, look at the global economy. Everything has been trending downward for the last 2-3 weeks. I really don't think now is the good time to launch phones. But then here we are and we have to talk about them. But... I honestly, it could not have come at a worse time. Yeah, I, th- I think it may just harm its launch.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. This quickly became the darkest podcast ever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we had good, some fun in the beginning.
0: Uh, quite a somber timeline. Uh, somber times, in fact. Uh, But yeah.
3: Wait, what was that Avengers Stay bullshit? Faithful. We are living in the shittiest timeline. Well, we are. I, yeah, more or less. Uh, Fucking hell. I'm gonna go back to Middle Earth.
0: (laughs) You know, I'm getting serious uh, apocalyptic movie vibes right now. You know, the impending shitstorm. It's like World
2: War Z ready to happen.
0: Yes, like every video game that you've played, every zombie movie you've seen, this is how things start.
2: Yeah. And, And it doesn't end well, let me tell you that much. All these movies and games, they never end well. They don't. But they all start
3: Anyways. with the Janta Curfew, so... <laughs> Janta Curfew. Yeah, <laughs> i can't wait for people to clap and bang fucking utensils yeah. in their back. Wait, what's
0: this nonsense now? <laughs> oh, you have got to clap your hands at 5pm. 5pm tomorrow.
2: Get outside your house. Not outside your house, to your balcony. Either clap your hands or use a utensil and bang it against each other to make noise for all the people who've been working through, especially the medical personnel who've been working through this virus. I mean, I, it has a good motive. Mm-hmm. Not but the right they won't be able to hear they're sitting and working man yeah yeah it's for social media man people go take videos put it up on tiktok and facebook and eventually they'll see it i guess for
3: fuck's sake what is this country coming to yeah, we've got a we've got an influencer for a
0: prime minister uh, yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. oh my
3: god let's let's not get into that conversation but yeah
2: that's all fine.
0: right uh cool so that was our episode uh bit of darkness a bit of happiness there's a console coming up later this year that we're all excited about there are phones coming up that we are not excited about and there's the virus that we are shared scared shitless about (laughs) uh wash your hands stay away from people stay away from everyone stay away
3: from me please
0: stay away from harish become an introvert You'll like it. It's fantastic to be an introvert. It is. Uh, And that's our episode for this week. Hopefully, we'll be back next week or at least we'll try and do some sort of a Skype chat and, you know, get all of, of us depends online. on how bad the situation is yeah if it gets really bad we're going to isolate from each other we don't trust each other you shouldn't trust us you shouldn't trust anyone hey, I'm the a thousand,
3: thousand kilometers away from you guys already <laughs> yeah I
0: well. know yeah, okay all right uh, enough of the joking around yeah. uh, that was our episode thanks for watching
2: stay safe you guys ciao